Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Starseed Radio Academy, empowering Starseed to better serve the planet. Welcome to Starseed Radio Academy. It's Tuesday, July 6th, 2021, and I'm your host, Arielle Taylor, with my co-host for the evening, Anastasia. Lavendar is getting ready to go out of town, but she'll be back for the next show. We've had several spots open up for our August Starseed Quest due to airline restrictions for our international visitors, and there are still a couple spots open for um, the October Earth to Sky Balance Quest and the November Pleiadian Lineup Quest. And if you have at least one star marking at Galactic Degree, you're eligible to join us. And if you don't know if you have the required markings, you can just send an email to crystals at starseedhotline.com and we'll take a look at your chart and let you know. We've been reuniting Starseed soul families in Arkansas since 2012. And since then, the Starseed quest has evolved into an intense four days of DNA activations as we facilitate Starseeds in claiming their power. With each group, the energies climb higher to put starseeds on a fast track to complete their missions in assisting humanity through the shift into 5D. Each quest is in alignment with powerful galactic timing. And while each group is different, within each group are unmistakable patterns between the people who respond to the call at that time. It's remarkable and obviously the result of the unseen hands of the Pleiadians at work, urging starseeds to gather like a galactic homing signal. Our Quest alumni also keep coming back for another level up. And it's wonderful for us to see their growth and development in getting stronger, clearer, and more effective with each attendance. And in this episode, you'll hear firsthand stories of the impact and success of our starseed gatherings. The Quest is like no other spiritual gathering because only starseeds with galactic star markings on their charts are eligible. This ensures the highest frequency alignment, which allows the magical things to manifest, in addition to the fact that we hold our quests at a resort which sits on the largest crystal vein on Earth. If you'd like more details about our Starseed quests, write to crystals at starseedhotline.com and enjoy these stories from the Pleiadian lineup quest. We have three more quests coming for 2021, August 13 to 16 for the Harmonic Convergence, emphasizing Atlantis, the October 15 to 18 Earth to Sky Balance Quest, and November 12 to 15, the second Pleiadian Lineup Quest. And we've had spots open up for each of these due to the international travel restrictions. So remember, email us at crystals at starseedhotline.com if you want your name on one of those spots. And um, our main site is starseedhotline.com. At the top of the show, it's Anastasia's Starseed News, bringing topics of interest to starseeds not heard in the mainstream. And um, since this is going to be a longer kind of show, we're not going to have questions at the end. We have an online starseed community at starseedhotline.ning.com, and it's a safe place to connect with other starseeds thanks to Tammy's continual dedication. And remember, you can download our shows on iTunes or right here on Blog Talk and listen whenever you want. 
If you'd like to show your support of our program, please just click follow on our page here, and you'll get our biweekly show notices if you enable those. Our main website, as I said, is starseedhotline.com, and the Stage 1 Starseed confirmations are based on Lavendar's discovery of star markings and your natal astrological chart, and the Stage 2 session is a one-on-one Zoom session available with Lavendar, Anastasia, Emerald, Miara, Riley, or myself. And Riley, Emerald, and Miara are now also available for the live Stage 2 sessions, so you'll be able to have a Starseed consultation in a matter of weeks rather than months. And remember, if you have a birthday coming up, you'll get a window of 10 hours of power. You can find out exactly when that happens, uh, because it's different every year, by requesting your solar return timing. And that, that takes usually less than a week. Uh, but remember, if you want the Stage 2 interpretation of that chart, um, with very little waiting, you can request Emerald, Riley, or Miara. Uh, but with me, REL, you'll need to order at least four months ahead to make sure you get it in before your 10 hours. So uh, first up this evening, let me get this screen. We have uh, Anastasia's wonderful Starseed News. Well, I'm glad... Good evening, Ariel. I'm glad you found me there. That's great. We are by ourselves this evening, so it's great to be with you. And hello, everyone. Wonderful to be with each one of you tonight as well. It's a beautiful summer evening. Um, I want to share something with you. It's a breaking news story, and normally I don't want to discuss these things, but I thought it was important, and I thought I ought to mention it. So I'm passing it along. I'm doing my job here. Um, In Israel, they have breaking news today uh, that the Pfizer vaccine is apparently showing a drop in protection against infections in Israel. And this is leaving scientists and health officials wondering, could it be that Pfizer's vaccine is not that effective against the Delta variant? So the new statistics that show Pfizer Biotech COVID-19 vaccine may be less effective against the Delta variant were released by Israel's health ministry. The country has seen an increase in infections after social distancing restrictions were eased at the beginning of June. Now, Israel vaccinated over 50% of its population with at least one dose of the vaccine, and then they began to ease restrictions exactly one month ago today while suggesting that wearing masks were also not mandatory. However, now the rising number of cases, which was earlier in just the single digits, has now risen into the hundreds, and it's been discovered that 55% of new infections were among people that were already vaccinated. Now, before the restrictions were stopped, 94% of the Israeli people were protected, but since the precautions were rescinded at a time when the Delta variant from India was crossing international borders, the vaccines given in Israel have protected only 64% as of today. And similar questions are being asked in other nations where the virus is once again on the rise due to the Delta variants and loosening of previous protections. And here in the United States, virologists and epidemiologists, physicians and health officials have recognized the ongoing threat and are recommending that vaccinated and unvaccinated people continue to mask in all states where the vaccination rates are lower, disagreeing with what they see as the CDC's premature loosening of mask and distancing requirements. So, the bottom line, pandemic is not over. There are questions about just how protected a vaccinated individual is against these more infectious variants, which have been shown to transmit at closer distances, even in outside air. So, the medical community is advising Americans to mask up 
observe some social distancing where at all possible, until vaccine effectiveness against the Delta is better understood, or until more Americans are vaccinated, which will reduce circulating viral loads and infections. So an ounce of protection, like a mask, is better than a pound of cure, such as a hospital bed. So passing that along, that's kind of important news. All right. This is fantastic. Does everybody out there love chocolate? I don't know. I thought everybody loves You know, I'm just chocolate crazy, okay? I'm a real full-blown addict, all right? But I got some good news for those of us that can't leave the chocolate alone. It's good for your vision. They found that eating pure cocoa, well, you know, I must admit it's not pure. I don't eat it out of a can, okay? I confess. But anyway, if you eat <laughs> pure cocoa, it improves visual acuity in daylight. Wow. Now, I tell you what, people. I used to drink carrot juice. And you would not believe, some of you drink juices, I'm sure, the difference in night vision with carriages. It was astounding. I felt like a possum or an owl. <laughs> I could see everything when I, really, really, it works. So night vision, go for carrot juice. But if you need help in the daylight, try some cocoa. So um, anyway, how this story came about, a duo of researchers in Spain has examined the acute effect of compounds found in cocoa and also red berries and blueberries and purple berries on retinal functions in healthy eyes. Well, now, in healthy eyes, visual acuity improved significantly, significantly after cocoa flavanols were ingested, and when compared with the flavonoids in red and blue berries, cocoa won out. You know, blueberries are great for you, raspberries, stuff like that. Love that stuff. It's very, very good for you. But when it comes to vision, they say cocoa won out. Now, cocoa and berries are good sources of flavonoids in the human diet, while cocoa has been found to contain specific agents good for, guess what, vascular performance. It's good for your blood vessels. And because the retina is a highly vascularized tissue with a high metabolic and oxygen demand that creates good vision, cocoa is a good source of theobromine, which can help your vision. It also, surprisingly, they say, reduces blood pressure, while caffeine, such as a coffee, has shown been shown to increase blood pressure depending on the individual, of course. Now, the main finding of this study was that the photo-optic visual acuity improved significantly after cocoa was eaten, but only slightly improved when people ate berries. And they say they need to conduct further studies moving forward. So there you have it. Chocolate. Anybody want chocolate? Chocolate. Good news. That's my (laughs) new excuse. When I get caught around the corner unwrapping something that's suspicious, my cocoa, yeah, my chocolate, then I can say it's good for my eyes. I do it for my eyes. I take it along with my vitamins. (laughs) Anyway. Okay. Well, this is going to interest all star seeds. So those of you, and you, Ariel, brilliant, Lavendar, brilliant about crystals. And this is a different type of a thing, but nevertheless, it involves silicon and so crystals i'm going to share this with you and i hope you all can keep up with it because it's quite complex that is a very complex topic so let me get into it science have learned to synthesize a new crystalline form of silicon that's it a team of researchers from the carnegie institution for science another university and the australian national university have synthesized a new form of silicon with a hexagonal structure they're calling it 4-H hexagonal silicon. And it, was, uh, it capitalizes or improves upon a recently discovered single crystalline allotrope. 
of silicon. So now they're making it in fours. Now they tell us that silicon can take different crystalline forms. They're called allotropes in the same way that soft graphite and super hard diamond are both forms of carbon. Well, the form of silicon most commonly used in electronic devices, think communication, okay, including computers and solar panels, has the same structure as diamond. But despite its ubiquity, this form is not actually fully optimized for our next generation electronic applications, including high performance transistors and some photovoltaic devices. Now remember, this all has to do with communication, energy, communication, memory storage, transmission. Okay, that, this is all about transmission. And the Carnegie Institute for Science, the researchers there previously developed this revolutionary form of silicon, which has a series, again, as I mentioned, of one-dimensional channels. Well, in their new work, they use the one-dimensional channel to create four pathways, this hexagonal structure. And researchers are telling us that the hexagon crystals have unique tunable properties over and above their cubic form. They said, in addition to expanding our fundamental control over the synthesis of novel structures, everybody get that? <laughs> the discovery <laughs> opens the door to exciting future research projects for tuning the optical and electronic properties. We could potentially use this method to create seed crystals to grow large volumes of the four hexagonal structure with properties that could exceed those of diamond silicon. You can read about that if you can, can understand it in the journal Physical Review Letters. So there it is. You know, they're doing, they're, crystals are so amazing. Science is figuring this out now. We can't live without them. And they're constantly inventing and describing and researching and using new types of crystals. Either they're making them synthetically or they're finding out amazing properties about nature's crystals. So, very important stuff, really. Science is so cutting edge, you guys. It's just jaw-dropping what they are discovering. It's just so way ahead of where we are in our minds. It's so quantum stuff. I mean, we all need to go back to college and take a bunch of science courses just to catch up to the minimums. It's awesome what they're doing. Speaking of which, a new class of neurons have been discovered. Now, the question of how the human brain recognizes the faces of familiar individuals has been important all along the history of neuroscience. Have you ever wondered, you know, you meet someone and they say, oh, I won't forget you, I have a good, I have a, I'm good with faces. I remember faces. Well, these people have a very active particular cluster of neurons. Well, anyway, we have cells that link our visual processing to the memory. And, but that's never been found, that's been assumed. All this time, nobody's really known. How is it that we can recognize people? Where is that stored in the brain? Well, now a team of U.S. neuroscientists have discovered that such cells in the brain's temporal pole region uh, exist that respond to faces when somebody is familiar to us. So the brain responds. It lights up in a certain section. Now, for a long time, they have wondered about something they call the grandmother neuron, which is a single cell at the crossroads of sensory perception and memory that's capable of prioritizing an important face over the millions of faces out there. Well, that first showed up in the 1960s. They've been scratching their heads over that theory for a long time. And ever since then, science has tried to solve this mystery of where in the brain where we recognize faces and how in the world it happens. Nobody's known. Well, neuroscientists have since discovered 
that there are numerous sensory neurons specializing in processing facial information. Many memory cells are dedicated to storing data from our personal encounters. But a special cell that was capable of linking vision to memory, it was never emerged until now. Recently, a neuroscientist in the Laboratory of Neural Systems at the Rockefeller University and Center for Brains, Minds, and Machines. Did you guys get that? Laboratory of Neural Systems at the Rockefeller University and the Center for Brains, Minds, and Machines discovered that a small area in the brain's temporal pole region may be involved in facial recognition. What did they do? They used fun functional magnetic resonance imaging to zoom in on the temporal pole regions of two rhesus monkeys and recorded the electrical signals of temporal pole neurons as the monkeys looked at images of familiar faces that were physically present and also unfamiliar faces that they'd seen only virtually on a computer screen. Why are they even wow. bringing this up? I'll tell you in a minute. Well, they found that neurons in the temporal pole region were highly selective, responding to faces that the subjects had seen before more strongly than unfamiliar faces. There's the recognition happening. And the neurons worked fast. They discriminated between known and unknown faces immediately upon processing the image, almost instantly. Well, interestingly, these cells responded threefold more strongly to familiar over unfamiliar faces, even though the subjects had, in fact, seen the unfamiliar face many times, virtually, on screens. They say this may point to the importance of knowing someone in person, said one neuroscientist. Given the tendencies nowadays to go virtual, it is important to note that faces that we have seen on a screen may not evoke the same neuronal activity as faces that we meet in person, nor the same memories, the same processing, the same type of recognition, including probably emotions, energy, so on and so forth, which just goes to show the brain can discern between the virtual imitation world and the world of physical matter, and it does so very, very well. Wow. So, interesting. You know, everything today is going to imitation. Imitation voices, you get pre-recorded messages. Um, virtual reality is big for games and for movies and, and again for communication. But the brain's making a distinction here. One has, to, one has to wonder why. Is something lacking in those AI representations of the reality that we've loved for so long? The people in our lives, the, the touch of a flower, the smell of a flower, the, the presence in a field of grass versus is looking looking at it on a screen. We emote differently with reality as we know it. I'm not talking about greater reality, but just the physical experience. We emote, we reason, we remember differently, we experience differently than we do with virtual reality. And we remember differently. We remember better if it's real. I always liked what Lavendar said. Is it, uh, is it real or is it Memorex? So right. that's just... You know, that's just food for thought, really. I mean, people think it's the same, but it's not. And the brain knows that. We can tell wow. ourselves it's the same. But the brain makes a distinction. And I think that tells us something. Again, food for thought. Okay. Well, you all know how I feel about plastic. Here's a great article I wanted to share with you. It, I'm preaching to the choir here, but nevertheless, I'm going to share it with you anyway. Because it reflects 
what we're learning as a collective, what's being discovered out there. You know, we're not the only choir people. We're not the only angels on the world. We're not the only light workers. Other people who may not be of our inclination, may not think exactly the way we do, they're seeing what's going on out there, what needs to change, what we can do to make the world a better place. And from that are people who brought us this. And they said that plastic waste from takeout, food takeout, is a big problem, but there's something we can do about it. And they, they're encouraging us to build a zero-waste food kit. What is that? Well, I'll tell you in a minute. Um, they tell us that the next time we want to eat out or to order takeout or buy food and drinks on the go, we might want to hold off. Doesn't sound like very much fun, does it? But they say the results of a major new study may, have, may be enough to startle you into adjusting your consumption habits as they reveal significant amounts of global plastic litter is linked to takeout food products. Now, this study came from Spain, surprisingly, the University of Cadiz, and was published in the journal Nature Sustainability. Well, they analyzed 12 million pieces of litter collected from oceans and rivers. Boy, you know, I'd tell them to get a life, okay? 12 million pieces of litter, somebody went along, got all that and analyzed it, bless their hearts. They took it from the shorelines, the seafloor, open waters. 12 million pieces of litter. And guess what they found? It was worth their while. They found that 80% of the items were plastic, and nearly half of that was related to takeout food and drinks. Specifically, single-use bags, plastic bottles, food containers and food wrappers, plastic caps, lids, and disposable cutlery. Nearly half of the over two-thirds, or about two-thirds of the 12 million pieces, do the math, was related to eating out. Based on their analysis, the researchers made three suggestions. One, maybe you could replace your takeout food and drink materials with materials that are more readily biodegradable. Maybe we could ask the restaurants to do that, too. Introduce bans on avoidable plastics and use deposit refund schemes to incentivize reusable, refillable products. Ah, maybe there's more. Maybe you guys could pick us some stuff. But until that day yeah. comes, they say it's up to us to change the way we choose products in order to avoid unnecessary plastic packaging. And there's no better time to get started than right now because guess what? This is called Plastic Free July. It's a six. It kicked off the 1st of July. I wasn't with you then. We last talked in June. So if you haven't yet heard of it, Plastic Free July is an annual month-long challenge to reduce the use of single-use plastic and to discover alternatives to purchasing, consuming, and transporting food, um, among other items. So keeping this new study in mind, they're giving us some practical suggestions to reduce takeout-related single-use plastics in our everyday lives. So... I bet you can figure out what the simplest thing is. Just cook at home. Just cook from scratch. You know, take time to prepare your own food. Make it at home. Put it in a cooler. Take it with you to work. Whatever. Transport it in, in reusable containers. You'll have a zero-waste meal. Of course, it takes more time, but you do save money, and you're healthier, and also you're helping the planet. So cook at home for all those reasons. Number two is buy good containers. Uh, nobody wants to spend the money. We all want to get the cheap stuff, right? But... If we will invest in good quality stainless steel or glass food storage containers, it will make all the difference. Not only are we going to be healthier because we're not taking in plastics, um, we'll be inclined to, to do that. We will be inclined to save our food in healthy items because we've got them on hand. Glass lets us see what's in the fridge. Stainless steel lets us freeze contents easily, reheat on the stove. 
We don't have to worry about acidic foods degrading the plastic, leaking the chemicals, so on and so forth. So they recommend that we start to use reusable containers and good quality containers just to store all of our food. They said, a lot of people aren't assertive enough to do this, but they suggest that we call ahead. If we have to have takeout, and sometimes you do, call the restaurant instead of placing an online order. You have to ask two questions. First, will they let you bring your own containers? I don't know that anybody would, but that's what they say here. They suggest you do that. Um, they say that rules against that have tightened up since the pandemic, but it's starting to loosen, so why don't you ask? Secondly, what are the containers made out of? If it's styrofoam or another form of plastic, they say to say gently that you're looking for a greener option and will have to go elsewhere until the business changes its choice of containers. There are plenty of paper-based options now available, so there's really no reason for a takeout restaurant to continue using non-biodegradable packaging. That's being very proactive, I think, and a wonderful thing. Yeah, yeah. All right, now here, here's the bit about the zero-waste food kit. I promised you I'd tell you about it. Um, they say everybody should have one of those that's in the trunk of their car, in a backpack or wherever, where you can get to it. The kit will need to have a few food-related basics like silverware, cloth bag and some napkins, some water bottles, a coffee mug, a metal straw, food storage containers, and so on and so forth, anything you think you might need when you eat. These implements will allow you to refuse some or all of the single-use plastic items that you encounter on a daily basis. So you go to a blank restaurant to get a blank hamburger and they hand it to you in a sack and they start stuffing in napkins and plastic forks and straws and lids and whatever. You say, no, I don't want any of that. Just the burger, please. In fact, you can keep the bag. I'll take the burger. So, food for thought. Pardon the pun. Okay. Right. And the next one is, is say no to bottled beverages. Now, that's really hard to do, you know, if you're out and about and you don't want to drink tap water, so... Uh, but when you can, they tell us to please uh, try not to use a lot of bottled water. Uh, fill a reusable container from home, maybe put some ice in it, maybe get a cooler to put it in, um, and try to use items from home. Um, and they tell us to choose our packaging carefully. Um, they say pay attention to how things are packaged, and if you can, opt for uh, environmentally friendly packaging instead of plastic. Do your best. No more grocery bags. They say commit to using uh, your own bags, uh, washable cloth bags or bins that you can take in every time you pick up food. They say these might seem like, oh, and even, you know what else they suggested? They said if you forget your bags in the car, which I've done on occasion, more than one occasion, they say, <laughs> check this out. Put your groceries back in the cart and load them up once you're back at your vehicle. You know, I have actually been in the, market, in the supermarket parking lot and seen people roll carts out with the food in it and no bags. And I wondered, what in the world are they doing? That's what they were doing. That's what they, they, some people knew about this before I did. Anyway, very thoughtful. And they say that these efforts may seem small when we look at them one at a time, just one or two or three of us, but put together and embraced by people around the world, they have the potential to add up to real change. And doing these things, this is more importantly because, you know, money talks, we are the consumer. We do have the power of the dollar bill. They say that uh, this will signal to business owners, politicians, and policymakers that this is a time for change and that efforts to reduce plastic waste should reflect study findings, in other words, what we're finding, rather than focus on things they pull out of the air, 
like earbuds, stir sticks, and straws that do not represent the majority of plastic waste. You know, somebody, they sit around and say, well, we need to reduce plastic. Oh, we can get rid of plastic straws. Well, um, or whatever. Now they're talking about earbuds and stir sticks and whatever. But research is telling us it's fast food items. So, there. Now I knew it. I read it. Now you know it. Okay. Right. All right. How are we doing on time? We got just a little bit more. <clears throat> I'm trying to see. I've got. There was so much news. Holy cow. Well, let's see. I've got more than we want to take time for. Let me share with you. Oh, I'm going to give you this one. Um, in Scotland, they have developed a new carbon capture facility that will re- remove a million tons of CO2 from the air every year. A carbon capture facility, a direct carbon capture. It's in Scotland. It's going to become the home to the world's largest direct carbon capture facility called the DAC facility. We'll have the capacity to remove 1 million tons of CO2 from the air each year. And that's the equivalent carbon absorption potential of 40 million trees in a year's time. All of that carbon will be captured by the facility. And then they say, and this is part I don't get, They'll put it in storage sites under the ocean. I don't know. I don't know what I think about that. But they say the facility will boast large fans that pull air into a liquid-filled bat that binds the carbon dioxide. Once bound, the captured carbon is refined and converted into calcium carbonate pellets. The pellets, in turn, are then broken down with heat into a carbon dioxide stream along calcium oxide. Then it's filtered, after which it's pumped into an underwater storage site. They say this is a colossal change, climate change fighting uh, facility, and it joins a host of other carbon capture technology innovations aimed at keeping global warming to within 1.5 centigrade above pre-industrial levels. This is according to the Union of Concerned Scientists. To reach zero net emissions, net zero emissions, we need to do more than just reduce our emissions. We need to actively remove carbon dioxide from the atmosphere or offset its effects. And, you know, that, that's just amazing. I, I think they really should plant a lot more trees and probably do something about the deforestation of the rainforest. You know, we don't even have any idea how much clearing of land has been done. Um, I'm sure somebody does. But we've lost so many trees on this planet to concrete. And... Um, uh, trees are our friends in that area. So plant more trees and build more of these carbon sites, carbon capture sites. Great idea. See how creative people can be when they really put their minds to it. And they built right. a school with a 3D printer. Yeah, a school. I mean, it's a real school. You know, sometimes we think that 3D printing is just for small jobs. Well, it's pretty expensive to do it. And up until now, we've seen it do small things. A UK, A UK-based group, though, uh, recently pr- printed a, a school in uh, Malawi. Malak- 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 Malawi. I don't know. Malawi. They built this school in 18 hours, and students are already attending classes in the building. Now, wow. in, this, in this country alone, Malawi, sorry, there's a shortage of 36,000 classrooms. It would have taken 70 years to address this gap using conventional building methods. But uh, a group working towards infrastructure needs in Africa claims that 3D printing technology can close this gap in only 10 years. 
And with this partnership of working with these companies that want to do 3D printing, they want to build affordable housing, schools, and social infrastructure all throughout Africa. Now, it's not a completely automated uh, process. They use uh, people. They need skilled workers to fit the doors, windows, roofing, and more. But um, it's going to create more jobs for the local people, uh, help them learn skills, and provide housing and necessary buildings in a fraction of the time that it would be if they used, and think no trees, they're not chopping down trees, it's not using wood. Isn't that amazing? It's made with ink. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't, isn't that something? Building houses with, with 3D printers. All right, finally, let me share this with you. Um, I'm kind of over time. This is short. Um, this is a great story. You know, a college senior at Florida A&M University was in the process of moving when he spotted a homeless man on the side of the road. The man was holding a sign that read, Anything helps, and God bless. The boy decided to pull over, open his trunk, and he gave away his stuff. Shoes, clothing, and assorted other items, he just gave them to the homeless man. He had no idea that his selfish act, selfless act was noticed by the driver of the car behind him. And the driver was taking a video. His random act of kindness was caught on video. It was shared on TikTok. It went viral. The man said who took the uh, the a video. He said, I don't know who this young man is, but he deserves to go viral, the caption said. Now, it's, the uh, video has earned more than 6 million views. Media has paid attention to it. He's made it on his local evening news. This boy was grateful for what he was. He was passing it forward to someone in need. He said, as I was growing up, my mom always taught me there's a lot of people that are in need. Not everyone's as blessed as I am. And he shared. He emptied out his trunk. He was moving his stuff. He was in the process of moving. He emptied his trunk and gave his stuff to the homeless man. Now, I'm telling you, that just, wow. You know, that's all so good. That's just beautiful. And the world is full of people like that. It's good to be alive. This is a wonderful, amazing time. We have so much ahead of us and so much good to do and so much so much wonder to, to, to produce, so many changes that we can make. It's a wonderful time to be alive. You're all wonderful people. I love each and every one of you. You're beautiful. From my heart to each one of you, have a beautiful couple of weeks, everybody. Thank you, Arielle. Thank you so much. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Anastasia. Really there's some big, big stuff happening on the planet, but I, I just I love the thing about plastic. It's like we can all do so much better. Mm-hmm. So thank yeah, you for bringing can. that out. Yeah. Yes. You're welcome. Good night. Okay. Good night. Talk to you in two weeks. All right. Well, we are going to um, hear from some beautiful starseed people, and the first up is actually a, um, a a lady who has been a guest on our show a few times, um, delightful Peggy Black. So let me get your mic open. Hi, Peggy. Hi, Ariel. <clears throat> Hi there. It's so good to hear your voice again. We had such a great time. Didn't we, though? That was just an extra yes. treat. Yes. So um, tell us your impressions. Oh, my. I've I've been thinking about this. And um, 
Well, the first thing I'd like to say is it was really a special treat for me because I usually present at different places where I travel. So this was a place where I got to just be a participant. And um, and the, the atmosphere, uh, you know, uh, the mountain resort was just exquisite. I loved my cabin and all the accoutrements that went with that. Uh, but the most, I think, the most important thing for me was the people in our group. And I came away with the realization that that was probably the first time I could truly feel or really recognize a space in which the the energy was unconditional. I mean, that's really saying something, that when you're in a group as large as we were, that it was so safe and it just felt like being bathed in this un, uh, unconditional acceptance. And so that was a, a powerful takeaway for me. Um, at one point when uh, Lavendar asked if somebody had something to share, and the team I work with invited me to offer sounds. Well, I've been offering sounds for over 25 years, 30 years. But when I stood up to make make the sounds, there was absolutely no um, hesitation. There was no concern because I knew the group was absolutely accepting of what was being offered. And that's an incredible experience and an incredible gift. I know what you mean. It was loving. It was fun. I made so many nice connections with so many different people. And uh, and what we shared so easily and so comfortably uh, was enriching. It really was enriching. Um, the entire event for me was uh, was quite spectacular, just in the sense of uh, the ease of which it happened, how it happened, the presentations that Lavendar made, but also you and Tammy. I mean. Tammy's information was um, was so well presented. I was just in, I was just intrigued and interested, and also when you sang, I was moved to tears. That was just a gift <laughs> that I Aww. that I you know I didn't know how this was ever going to unfold, but but those were the components that really made this particular experience so rich for me. And then, of course, the processes that we did that were so empowering and the the camaraderie that we had. Uh, I really felt some shifts. Um, I'm very sensitive to energy, like most of us are. And um, unfortunately for me, and it, probably a lot of people, it took me 15 hours to come home. And so... When I once I got home after all the different changes and planes and so forth, um, I I ended up getting sick, physically sick, and I realized even though it had the symptoms of a fever and body aches and so forth, that it had nothing to do with a virus. That what was happening was my body was recalibrating. I was very aware 
that the energy at the event and and in that energy for that amount of days with the crystals and the people and the work that we did together, that my entire body was recalibrating. It was upgrading. And I was just literally dumping energy that no longer served me. Wow. Wow. That, <laughs> yeah, and for for those that, that might not be aware, that weekend was when all that that huge storm i mean there was a there was hail all up and down the middle of the country so people flying from east to west uh, i'm sure it was a an airport marathon um and that <laughs> be nice to just be able to go home and 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 relax but, but i'm you so know, glad you know, uh, that you came but Ariel, even in the airport my whole attitude was different I mean, I went through that whole experience of waiting in the airport and planes being changed and moved around. It, there there was no stress involved in that. And that's been the interesting since since I have recovered from my recalibration, because I really feel that's what it was, is I've just noticed that my intentions are so powerful. When I speak my intentions with an intention partner, I've watched some pretty magnificent things change um i mean significantly one example was i'm supposed to have my septic tank and leach field all renewed and i've been given three quotes of 35,000 to 40,000 dollars to have that done and so i finally contacted someone and he was going to get in touch with me after i got back from my trip and I made some very clear intentions before I met him. And he's going to do the work for, and he's very reliable, he's local, for thirteen five. I mean, that's a significant shift. <laughs> I guess so. So I'm watching, I'm watching the power of my word and my requests and how I speak my intentions really shifting. So I just really feel like it's all the integration that took place um, at at our event, our Starseed Quest event. That that sounds very, um, uh, I don't want to say common, but we hear that from a lot of people, that that the intentions, your manifestation speeds up, it gets stronger um, as your your alignment uh, maybe got tighter and higher uh, I, don't, I, I can't really put a, a, a logical reason to it but I know that we hear that <laughs> well the so, thing about it um, is, is in the past I've always been pretty good about manifesting because I work with my own um, my own interdimensional team and I have been for 30 years so I've been really clear about a lot of this and a lot of it has been quite magical but I just realized that there was an escalation is what I can say. I feel that there was some kind of escalation of energy that's now a part of me and my life. Wow. Powerful. That Very is powerful. wonderful. That is wonderful. I, I, I couldn't be happier to hear this. <laughs> and um I know you were you were particularly joyful up on the mountain when we were digging for crystals. How did you how did you like that? I, that was that was has been on my bucket list to dig for crystals, and so I'm up there, in in absolute bliss, 
And I came home, of course, with so many, like so many individuals, we found these beautiful treasures. I've cleaned them. I've washed them. They're, they're on trays in my kitchen. I haven't even taken them. I haven't done anything. I've given a few away. But uh, it, it, was just, it was an absolute delight. There's just no words for it. I had so much fun. Yeah, I, 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 you were just have, playing in the dirt and having great, uh, you know, big smile on your face. So that was that was a, a pleasure to see. <laughs> yes, it was yeah. a del- it was a delight. Everyone, everyone there at the event. Uh, I feel like I've made some longtime friends. Um, yeah, I had a, it, was, it was just spectacular. I really, really was glad that I that I uh, participated. Well, and we're so glad that you did as well. And um, yeah, as I mentioned um, in the uh, in the beginning of the show, that each time we go back, it seems to elevate a little bit more and a little bit more. So even people that maybe hadn't come to the quest for a couple of years, when they come back, it's like, oh my gosh, it's it which, because it just keeps evolving, and. Um, and getting stronger, more more focused, and therefore more effective for people. So uh, we were just thrilled that you were able to be there, and it was my pleasure to um, to spend some time with you and that was get to know bonus. you. <laughs> yeah, that was that was great. That was great. So, and I certainly hope that we'll see you um, at another quest um, at a future oh, moment. I'm, I'm sure you will. One of the things, I just did a transmission for my newsletter, and the team that uh, gave the message says, uh, this is a very large playground. And they talk, they talk about our star heritage and our galactic families. And it was really a nice, a nice transmission. Maybe I should send you a copy. Oh, I'd like <laughs> that. Yeah, I'd like that. Yeah, and it, it's just it's wonderful to see you know the, the people that have always been able always had to you know be careful what you say you know don't you know be trying to fit in don't you know don't tell people that you, you know, that you're you know star seed or anything but you get in this environment where everyone is a star seed and they've got such similar um stories and and uh, experiences that it's it's just a pleasure to see people finally you know let their guard down you know, break the walls down and just be who they really are with total oh, acceptance, as you said. Exactly. Yes. I've always yeah. been different. I've always known I was different. And over the last 30 years, I did step out to, to claim that I do channel um, these interdimensional beings, uh, which has been a big stretch. Um, and yet it, it always meets a little kind of hesitation. But being in the group, uh, with the 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 other stars was just um, um, it was unconditional. It was just that feeling of being totally accepted. Yeah, which is pretty yeah. exceptional. It, it is. It is. You know, um, when you have that many people, we had thirty three people in that group, um, in addition to the three of us, and and there was no drama. Everyone no. was just happy. So that's, oh, that, that just uh, it makes us and feel I, really good. And I was so delighted because I think I was one of the oldest ones, besides Lavender, we were the same age. 
I was included in so much of the activities. Well, we will be very happy to include you again. <laughs> Anytime you feel the urge to to come back, you're always welcome. Well, well, we will. I will. I will definitely stay in touch with this family. Okay, sweetie. Well, thank you so much for calling in and sharing your impressions, and uh, we love you. Big hugs. Until Big we hugs meet back again. To you. All right, okay, my dear friend. Bye bye. Bye bye. Okay. Well, um, next we are going to hear from, um, well, I'll just call you Rebecca. We won't use your nickname today. Okay. <laughs> I appreciate that. I'd like to be able to live it down. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's, that's just behind, you know, behind the uh, the Quest doors, but... <laughs> Yes, folks, so, you'll have to come to the Quest to hear my nickname. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so, thank you so much for, for joining us this evening. And, um, oh, my pleasure. You have, you have been to, uh, what, uh, is it four now? I, I'm starting to lose track of how many times oh. people have come. It's more than four. Uh, I used to make sure that I was there at least once a year. And then um, with one thing and another, I think it's starting to average out to be two a year. And who knows what it will be going <laughs> forward. <laughs> I'm game. You know, if, if I have the resources and the time, then I do try to make it because uh, the gathering is just um, totally unique. I've been to a lot of you know, group activities, a lot of metaphysical, you know, classes and workshops and, you know, which is really the most similar uh, kind of thing I can compare it to. And um, this particular group uh, led by you three ladies really does stand out in my mind. It's really the only one that I always want to come back to and I'm always excited about. And I really enjoy the stories and those are the the stories that are presented as part of the weekend and also the stories of the other people who go. And at first, when I first went, you know, to my very first one, I was so excited, you know, about partway through the first day where I realized, wow, I am not the weirdest person in this group. <laughs> because that was the first time in a long time that that had happened. So I was super excited about that. And um, and everybody listening, I know you know what I'm talking about. So, <laughs> so that that part was, you know, that part's really great. And you know, um, I mean, everybody there is has this, uh, you know, this unique quality that, or actually not unique. It's something that we all have in common, but it's not something that you can talk about freely everywhere. Um, you know, as I get older, the uh, as life goes on, I'm less and less reluctant to be free with, you know, topics that are a very vital part of my reality, quote-unquote. Um, but here, it, there truly are no negative consequences for sharing your stories, for talking about things that have happened. You don't have to footnote everything. You don't have to rationalize it. You don't have to explain it, quote unquote, scientifically to get people to stop glazing over when they listen to you. Um, so it's just, you know, it's just a pleasure to be there. So that part is, is really lovely and not even mentioning the setting. 
So it's just everything about these gatherings is very, uh, it's very activating. So when Peggy was talking, I was, you know, anybody who's listening probably is familiar with the what's called a healing reaction. It's something that's talked about in, in energy healing, and Reiki talks about it in various modalities. Well, that is the kind of thing that can happen um, because you really are getting slapped back into sort of, you know, alignment. Um, if anything, you know how it is, you know, you're, go through a human life and things are going to knock you off your path or, you know, stuff is frustrating and that's just totally normal. You come to one of these events and you just sort of straighten it out. Um, it just, it's like, you know, you just are able to tap into that part of yourself that is connected to what your path is supposed to be. And I find that very helpful, but mostly really what keeps me coming back are the people. I just really long to see them after being away for a while. I just like being there. I like, you know, my favorite part of these gatherings, you know, as more and more of them I've gone to, my absolute favorite part is in between the sessions where I'm just sitting in a chair in the corner, watching everybody excited, talking to each other, sharing their energy, sharing their stories. And I just love that. That is so awesome. And it's just, <laughs> I'm really mm-hmm. grateful that all three of you have facilitated that and um, because it's not common enough. Um, this isn't happening everywhere yet, although I have hope that it will be more commonplace. And so you guys are kind of on the vanguard when it comes to that. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah. Oh, oh, you're welcome. And I, I really think that it is uh, because there is some uh, astrological screening you know, oh. <laughs> you, you having having well having the having the galactic degree um, on on your chart, right. um, it right. gives That's you true. the 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 frequency, so that when you arrive with other people, and everybody else has a galactic degree, um, there is a there's a there's a, a it's like everyone's in the same key, you know. When you were talking about uh, you know getting you know slapped back into your natural state if needed uh, i was thinking about like a guitar and we go through our lives in the in the humidity and the temperature changes the guitar gets out of tune <laughs> you know so you come back and, and we we <laughs> we twist your tuning pegs and you get back into you know but we don't do it it's just the environment and and being with it. other people who are who also have those frequencies so yeah, um, you should give yourself that applause. That hit that button for yourselves. Oh, really? <laughs> I don't want to wear it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, truly, um, you know, I just, I mean, I love your energy, and you are always really strong. Um, and even uh, when you have felt like you wanted to retire, you came to the question instead. <laughs> That's okay. true. I'm sure Enough everybody's said, you know there. what I'm talking about. <laughs> yes. You know, yes. <laughs> and uh, yeah. So yeah, you're just you're so much part of our family, and I, I think that's that's why you know people like you that have, that have come back half a dozen times um, or more. Uh, you know, Jada, you're going to be up um, next, and I think I think Jada, you've been there about what, twenty twenty something times. So, um, and each time is different. And would you now because you have been to multiple 
um, events, multiple starseed quests. Would you say that each each one has been different um, from your perspective? Are you talking to me or Jada? I'm, I'm talking to you, Rebecca. I'm sorry. I was just <laughs> giving, kind of giving Jada a heads up that um, that, that she was going to come on next. But <laughs> no, I, I was, like, I was well, admiring I mean, your masterful segue there. <laughs> yeah. Well. Um, so because you have been to to you know a half a dozen different quests, do you see yes. uh, similar patterns or um, differences between the different times that you've come? So I would say that the substrate, among, you know, that links all of these groups is the same. There's something about them that's the same, but each individual gathering also has its own flavor. So you could essentially say that any person from any of the gatherings could just as easily be slotted into any of the other gatherings because there's still that underlying similarity that we all carry those codes. We all have this, you know, at least partially a similar experience as we've gone through life. So there's, you know, that commonality there. But there Mm -hmm. are different flavors. Um, I've noticed that the ones that are in March, um, it really does tend to follow that, you know, the, the forceful, martial, Aryan, pure, you know, I mean, not Aryan like that, like Aries. <laughs> Sorry, that, I shouldn't say Aryan and yeah. pure. That was a poor choice of words. But, yeah. um, you know, just that, that brightness of spring, that forceful energy, and that there's that more in the springtime. And then in November, I feel like that energy is much, much, much more intense, that uh, when people are gathering there, it's much more serious. There's... Um, this is just my, you know, my takeaway that, you know, it's a little more all business in November, so to speak, and then in uh, August or in March, it's a little more, it's a little more playful. I, I, that's kind of how I feel. Um, I really do tend to prefer the November gatherings myself. That's just my favorite, mainly because it's not hot since I'm not a hot weather person. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> so anybody who enjoys warm weather, you should definitely go in August. But, uh, yeah, so it, yeah, hopefully that answers the question. Yes, well, yes, it does. Um, because there, I mean, I mean, from our perspective, each group, I mean, we have the same, um, you call it substrate, you know, I think the the structure, the program, we do this, then we do this, then, and then we go do this, um, and that stays, you know, pretty much the same. But the groups that come, I mean, we go with the flow, and sometimes we have to, uh, it's like, you know, this group really, you know, would enjoy this, so we we change things up a little bit. But we notice the different That's flavors. True. I mean, absolutely. And and this this last group in May, I mean the 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 feeling of of happiness and joy was palpable. I've never, I mean, we've never, I mean, out of twenty six groups, we've never felt that with any group, you know. And 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 then the group before that in March was entirely different, very powerful, but in a different way. And 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 they were joyful, but there was a lot more intensity. Uh, it seems maybe it was because it was you know March and the equinox and all of that, but yeah, they're all different, but they yeah. have a they, they have a common thread. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. Yeah. Well, cool. And so I suppose we're going to be seeing you in November, which has now become our alumni quest. And on that point, uh, I just want to mention that our November alumni-only quest um, was sold out the same day that we sent the invitations out. We were stampeded. <laughs> Not surprised. <laughs> yeah. so, um, and that's never happened before. But, you know, it's an upward spiral. Everything yeah. keeps in, evolving and improving, and and we keep tweaking. And it's like, hey, that worked really good. Let's do that again. And then in that other thing, that didn't work so well, so we won't try doing that again. So I mean, from our part, just the little nuts and bolts that put everything together. And, um, so we keep continuing to to tweak it out. Yeah. Well, you guys do a really good job. I think it's it, it's no easy thing to uh, have really high vibrational gathering of energy and also take care of the logistics. So that's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, Good job. Uh, it's challenging because once, I mean, prior to the group getting in, we can be very logistical. But once we're in the energy of the group, it's like, oh, my gosh, I left my laptop in the car. You know, just little, you know, like just dumb stuff like that. It's like, okay, yeah, losing control of the third dimension there. But, um, yeah, it, it was uh, – it, it, it's, a, it's a very good balance if we can manage to keep it balanced, which yeah. I think we do. Well, Rebecca, so thank you so much for calling in and, and uh, sharing your uh, Quest stories and – we will uh, see you very soon. Alrighty. Okay, sweetie. Big hug. <laughs> okay. Bye bye. Bye. Okay. Um, well, uh, we had we had a couple people that that really wanted to be here tonight, but um, with scheduling and things, they just they, they just couldn't. So, um, Jada, I'm going to bring you on next, and while you're kind of gathering your thoughts. Um, I would like to just read a, a little note from from one of our um, questers from last May, and this is from Anne, who has also been uh, a guest on our radio show, Anne Crawford, a um, wonderful author. So here's what she sent in. She said, for so many years, I heard about Crystal Quest being soul family reunions, but those were just words before. Now I know that these are beings I've known before and will know again in very big ways. It's so important to come together to get activated to fulfill our global and galactic missions when the timing is right and our soul will let us know when. Thank you so much for this glorious work you do, Lavendar, Ariel, and Tammy, for us starseeds and ultimately for everyone everywhere. So much love, Anne. Thank you so much, Anne, for sending that in. I know you wanted to be here, but um, Earth schedules don't always comply. So thanks for sending that in. So now, um, Jada, I'm going to get your mic open. hope you're ready. <laughs> hey, Hi, Jada. Yes, I'm ready. Yeah. Hey. As, you all, as you all know, um, Jada is, is one of our switchboard producers, and she has been um, – I've, I've actually lost count of – how many que- it's probably Thank easier you. to count the questions you weren't there you know but we're we're I'm probably thinking about 20 that you you know you're just there all the time so we really a- appreciate so. 
that support. I mean, you are dedicated and you do a really good job um, as part of our support staff. So um, just go ahead and tell us your thoughts. Okay. Thank you so much for saying that. And I guess um, a lot of things have already been said, but after going to multiple quests, I guess from the very first time back in 2013, as I started getting closer to Arkansas, I felt like I was coming home and I had a sole remembrance of being there before. And I always knew that I would return. And it happened, and it's just something where I feel the call, and I can't ignore it. Nothing can get in the way of it, so it feels like it's necessary. But I love the energy there. It's so peaceful. Um, It feels like there's so so much balance between the people and the nature. And as Rebecca and Peggy both were saying, I feel like I get a reset almost. It keeps me in alignment if things are getting a little out of whack with all the third-dimensional drama and life in general. After going to a quest, I feel recharged, regenerated, um, have a better sense of discernment. So that's always beneficial. Um, collectively, we all raise each other higher. And it seems like, especially the last several quests, Um, On the first night when we're all introducing ourselves, I love the way Lavendar will um, say a little something about every person that gives us some insight into what everybody brings to the table so that we all can appreciate that. Because I think as a collective, we can go, we can accomplish so much more if there's complete peace and balance, which I think we have it. But the way she does that just, just gives me better insight into um, how we all need to interact together and help each other. Yeah, I call that um, her bow and arrow act. When Lavender pulls yeah, out the I bow and it. arrow, it's it's you know it's truth, like just like like um, what what's his um, William Tell or, or or the guy Robin Hood, who, the, the archers that were really really on target. She just she just looks at that chart and boom, the truth comes out right on target, hits it right in the bullseye, and, and she basically, you know, sums up the, the person's um, mission and, and, and soul origins in just a couple of minutes. And that's, it's so helpful because it really, you know, and then people's like, oh, me too. And then there's yeah. that, 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 that starts, like, I got that, yeah. And, and, and then the, yeah, the, the bonding. Yeah, feel comfortable with each other and bond. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, the bonding starts right off. And uh, and and that's yeah, her bow and arrow act. It's <laughs> just what I call it. But yeah, and nobody can do it. Nobody can do it like Lavender. Well, that is a, a good way to start the quest, I think, because it gives us all a little bit more knowledge about each other, what the things we have in common, the things that are different that we can appreciate in other people and things that balance out the group. But then the other information is just amazing, too. Um, I really love the astrology night. Um, And I pick up something new every time that I didn't know before. And the singing, of course, and Tammy's information that she presents has really evolved over the last several quests. And even the parts I've heard before, there's always something that 
I feel like is new or I have a greater understanding of it. And um, I think it just seems like everything is um, amplifying every time and we're going to a higher level. That's right. Absolutely. Every time, everybody, you know, the alumni that come back, even, you know, Lavender and Tammy and myself, every time we were just a little bit, you know, the next step up, the next step up. Like I said, it's just that it's that upward ascending spiral and and we continue to, to grow and evolve with with this. You know, the quest is almost like a, a, a living thing. You know, it's 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 not just a, a destination. It it can take on its own life, its own um qualities. And what I yeah. find really really amazing and I mentioned this a little bit at the beginning of the show is that within each group and I love doing this when the whole group is is um has gathered uh before we get to Arkansas and I look at everyone's charts and I start looking for the star markings and and I was like okay how many have this how many have that and I start to see the patterns emerge and and this last group on Pleiadian lineup uh, uh there's 33 people and 18 of those 33 people had the exact same mark of the Pleiades. Wow. And that's just, and, and then that was instantly. And so when Lavendar's doing her bow and arrow thing, and, and people, and, and they're here, and it's like, oh, there's another one. Oh, there's another one. And, the, and, of course, the moon was at galactic degree in Scorpio, which is the mark of the Pleiades, on Pleiadian lineup. It's no wonder that, um, that we had so many people with the mark of the Pleiades, and and it really helps everyone. It's like, oh my gosh, and they start to see the bigger picture that this group came together not because you know we checked at their chart and they qualified, because not everyone hears right. them all at the same time. So these are the unseen hands, and it's it's coming from Lavendar says upstairs. It's coming from the Pleiadians, and it's like okay, it's like they push a button. And these people say, I got to go to this one. I got to go to this one. And then they show up, and here's all the other people that had the same thing. It's like, oh, okay. Now yeah, I see why so I had to be here. Yeah. Yeah, because we realize we have to be there, but it's not just about us. It wouldn't be the same without everybody else who's there at each quest. Oh, absolutely. So, absolutely. So they're just amazing. And they seem to go by so fast, though. Then it's time to come back home again, and it's really sad. But a lot of the effects, some of the upgrades or, or changes that happen, we may not be consciously aware of it right away, may not even see the effects for weeks or months, but you know it's coming. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes there's a delayed uh, reaction. Um, sometimes, you know, and we actually are going to start recommending that that as soon as the quest is over, um, you know, um, uh, Monday at four, that you don't rush right back to the airport because they didn't realize how wish <laughs> how much they were going to regret that. So we're actually recommending that people um, stay Monday night so that that they can just lay there, uh, you know, or sit there and and integrate and and contemplate and um, you know because it's just really hard. You get on this real high spin. You know, and and the whole weekend is in 5D, and then you have to go back to the airport and slam back into 3D, and it can be very um, unsettling. 
So, yeah, we're going to start recommending that people don't rush away. You know, sit with it for a little bit before you get back into, um, you know, regular life. Yeah, that's a great idea. Yeah. And and some people, and it's happened to me, sometimes I have different effects. In March, I had to go straight and take a nap Monday afternoon after we were finished. But in May, I had all kinds of energy and couldn't sit still. But it, I had to wait a little while before I could drive. I couldn't have gotten in a car right away. So it's, I think it, everyone can benefit if they have the time to give themselves that Monday night to really let everything soak in and then travel the next day. Yeah, I, I think it would, uh, well, it's like, you know, if you have a big Thanksgiving dinner, you're not going to want to go up and, and go start playing tennis. You need to sit there for a while. Let all that digest yeah. because, um, yeah, it's just really hard to get up and run uh, as soon as as soon as we're done. So, yeah, we're, we are actually going to, we've started recommending that now for the next going forward. But we love you, Jada, yeah, and we're just so grateful that you are part of our family. I mean, you're you're here oh, every week you. helping with the radio and um, and you know holding space as you do so well um, for the group and uh, for Lavendar. We just really appreciate you and thank you. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate you guys too, and love you, and I appreciate everything you do because you all of you put so much work into these quests and. And it's so important and so appreciated. So thank you. It's an honor to help. Well, and your help is very, very um, important. It, it really makes things easier for us. So thank you. So um, I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna go on to the to the next person. So you can go back to work. <laughs> okay. <laughs> on, the, on the switchboard. Thank you for having me. And on. <laughs> um, actually, I mean, I'm looking for Leela. Uh, because she was going to be next, um, and I think I, I'm looking for a 415 number, but I'm not seeing one. So um, if you, Leela, if you're on the switchboard, um, you'll need to press one so that um, you'll flag us that we're that you're here. So I guess what I will do is um, just read another little um, letter from another equester. So, Jada, I'm going to close your mic now, and thank you so much. Big hugs. Okay. Thank you. So um, if if we can't find Leela, then um, uh, Trin and, and Jean-Luc will be next, just giving you a heads up. Okay. So um, this next little note is, is a lovely note um, from Nancy, and she says, Hello, dear hearts. As a recent Star, Star Quest participant, my dominant memory is one of welcome home. Experiencing the sacred circle with my fellow 33 questers was truly a highlight of my life. I know I have felt a golden circle or council of light often over the years, yet this was the first time I experienced it in the physical realm. What I have with me now that I am back into my day-to-day life is a sense of soul purpose, and like a gem on my personal quest path, I now have something precious in my pocket that will serve me far beyond the actual four-day event. Personally, I feel the treasure for moving forward is the connection I made with fellow starseeds. 
a couple of us are in touch and beginning to form some potentials for taking what we've remembered into our new reality. This is beyond exciting, and I have a sense that I'll be also joining many of you again in Arkansas next year. A heartfelt thank you to everyone involved, especially to the three goddesses, Lavendar, Ariel, and Tammy. Love and light, Nancy. That's so sweet, Nancy. Thank you. It was a pleasure to meet you, and uh, we're so happy that you were able to join us. So, um, well, I, I think we've got Trin and Jean-Luc. Um, let me let me go for you first, Trin, and then uh, Jean-Luc, you'll be... I call you Jean-Luc. That's not really your name, but your name is Jean, but I'm a Star Trek fan, so it's Jean-Luc Picard <laughs> in my book. So, Trin, you're next. Let me get your mic open. Hello, sweetie. How are you doing, Trin? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for being with us tonight. Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you for having me again. Oh, you're quite it's been, welcome. Uh, it's been great to listen to everybody from the from the quest. I'm feeling kind of homesick. Like I'm, uh, <laughs> I miss them. Yeah, uh, I definitely miss that energy. We we uh, we experienced it. It was wonderful. And um, so you have you have been to this is this was your second quest, right? That's right. Yes. Yeah. And um, wh- what was your um, Perception as far as the first quest you came to and the second one, was there things that are the same, things that are different? Yeah. Um, the first one uh, was, you know, it was an amazing experience, but I felt, um, you know, felt overwhelmed with a lot of information and meeting new people and a lot of energies back and forth, and it was it was pretty draining. Uh, this one was different. It was... Um, it was a lot easier for me to stay focused, and and after the quest was finished, when I left, I felt, as the other callers have said, uh, rejuvenated and balanced, and um, you know, just on a on a good upward spiral. And it's pretty, it's carried on, you know, for the past few weeks since the quest. Things have continued to to shift um, energetically and in good ways, not only for myself, but for for my family and the people that we work with as well and other star seeds. So the second uh the second quest was definitely a, a life changing experience. Um you know it's it's it can be difficult with everything that people have going on in their lives to be able to reach a energetic place where we can experience things like we did at the at the last quest and and see those energies come in and um you know, see the ceremony take different different directions uh, based on what was happening in the room and the energy that was created there. Um, yeah, it definitely left me uh, <laughs> left me wanting to keep coming back for more. That's for sure. Yeah. Well, that's that's why our alumni quest was sold out <laughs> in like I think it was about six or seven hours. Um, yeah. The minute yeah. the invitations went out, because shoot one right back. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, um, so I have my. So you say uh, that, they, that that each the quests the quests are different, and you you got something um, different from each time you've come. Yeah, uh, lots of activations, lots of shifts, um, lots of memories. I think more than anything, is I start as especially as other people are talking and sharing their experiences, and you know we all have. Um, 
lifetimes that have been intertwined and experiences together that we don't we don't remember going in there, but as the quest takes flight, uh, those memories definitely start to come back. And uh, at least for me, um, you know, being sensitive to energies, there's times when I see people across the room and the in the groups, and they look completely different. Um, you know, and I'm recognizing what they look like and maybe a past life experience with them. And that in itself is pretty pretty powerful when it happens just once, but when you're in a room with 33 people and it's happening consistently multiple times on each day with different people, um, it's pretty pretty reassuring that you're in the right place and with the yeah. right people. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so... Yeah. So did you get a chance to um, to connect uh, with the land? Yes, absolutely. Um, I think the the day when we were up on, on the mountain and mining the crystals, that was about the most tranquil and peaceful and beautiful family experience I've ever had. Um, you know, there was just uh-huh. a, such a heightened such a heightened level of energy and. Um, you know, the elemental energies were there as well and kind of reinforcing it and empowering it and everybody just looked like one big, big, happy, five-dimensional, fifth-dimensional family sitting up there and hanging out. And That's I think right. for a while... <laughs> yeah, yeah, while we were uh, yeah. while we were finding crystals, I think we were definitely finding some beautiful gems with our interpersonal connections and relationships with all the people that were up there that, for the most part, have never met each other. At least in this place. <laughs> right, right. Well, there's, I mean, there's a, 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 you know, when you meet somebody and and you just hit it off right away, that happens once in a while in the third dimension. But um, in Arkansas, it it happens with everybody. They just they just know that they're they belong there. So um, yeah, the land is really really powerful, and it plays it plays a huge part in in what happens there. But most people don't don't track it like that and that's really where you know Tammy's connection with the land is is so strong and um and it's I mean it's the heart of the crystal grid right there yeah um, and and the land is very powerful and it has uh, a lot of influence on on what happens so that's why I, I asked if you got a, a chance to really connect because I think a lot of people did yeah this this past experience where Tammy was uh, was sharing, you know, the, the history of the land and what had happened there, for me was was um, was a very deep connection. I felt like I was there as she was explaining it and when she was uh, doing her feather ceremony, I, I swear she almost, she must have been channeling Spud Webb or an NBA basketball player. She, she was able to jump so high. She's, um, <laughs> I don't know if she noticed yeah. that, but <laughs> yeah. I thought, wow, she's got some hops. Um, <laughs> you know, but you know, just like when we put those geezer crystals together in a pyramid, uh, you know, they form that beautiful energy. You three ladies really form that energy as three beautiful crystals, and are able to hold it and and to guide it and to help. You know, everybody there feel like they're in a safe and a protected space where they can let their light shine and they can be themselves and, and be authentic. And there's not going to be any judgment or any course correction, just acceptance and, and no judgment. And that's a pretty powerful energy in itself to be in and around. And I think that's why you, uh, you probably keep selling out on these quests. 
Yeah. Well, it, it is. It, it, it's an honor and a, and a privilege to to be part of this and um, and to watch. You know, just to see these things happen. It's. It's. We never ceased to be amazed um, at the energies because we never know. You know, yeah, when people right. come together, we never know. You know what kind of what kind of meal all those groceries are going to put together. You know, it's it's always delicious. Yeah. You know, people coming yeah. from. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, in March we had people from uh, from Norway, England. Um, uh, I'm, I'm blanking. Italy. Um, Canada, Mexico. We had we had a real international group, and yet in May, I, I think we might have had one or two Canadians, but everyone else was from America. Now, how does wow. that happen? You know, so yeah. um, there is definitely some um, celestial orchestration going on um, to to select the people. It's like this is you need to come now. You need to come now. And uh, and we're g- really glad that you heard the call and and you were there to to be part of this. So thank you so much. You're most welcome. And thanks also for for calling in and and sharing your thoughts about the quest. And uh, we'll be looking forward to giving you a big bear hug <laughs> when you come back. <laughs> okay, All right, I can't wait. <laughs> thanks so much, Trent. Thank you very much, Ariel. Much love. Bye bye. Okay, I am coming for you, Jean-Luc. <laughs> uh, I just I love calling you that. Um it, it just you know, it just goes together. So, um, I, I I love it, don't worry. <laughs> okay. I know you said you have lots of nicknames, so you just got a new one. Um but it it helps it helps me to not call you John because your name is Jean, but Americans are going to not pronounce that correctly, so but everyone knows Jean Luc. Yeah, it, it, it's always been a thing I've been explaining everybody, you know, <laughs> through my whole life. It's just become like second nature for now. <laughs> but you know, I, I, I've gotten lots of nicknames, and you know, I, I'm sure they're all out of love. So it, it's always been great. Yeah. So this was your first quest, and you came you came with Trin, um, and got to experience that uh, together. So. Have you ever been, um, you know, done anything like that before? I, I never have. It, it was truly, uh, uh, you know, first experience and one two. Definitely was a really big awakening experience for me. Um, I got to feel a lot of energy I've never felt before, and then meeting other star seeds, I got to understand a lot of the things that I've gone through in life. You know. It, you know, some of those things were just answered by, by meeting a lot of my star seeds of, you know, brothers and sisters. And uh, it it was just, um, it, it's hard to pick so many words to describe the, 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 the whole experience of the quest. And did you feel um, connected to the land? I, I was. Especially uh, when you, when you were up just, on the mountain? It was kind of just like Jada was explaining it, you know, as soon as we got closer and closer to Arkansas, I felt like a different shift of energy, and I, I felt more like a, a sense of, like, calmness, and uh, and then when I got there, it, it was, the energy was just so, just so strong, it, it just allowed me 
to really understand a lot of the messages. Um, being on top of that mountain doing the crystal mining was definitely an unforgettable experience. I got to connect very well with a lot of uh, uh, star seeds, and and it just allowed me to to have more information, like free flowing and understanding it, instead of just you know being saying well, what is it that I'm truly understanding all the time. Mhm. So you were actually in the energy, experiencing it firsthand, rather than hearing about it and trying to imagine it. Correct. Yes. Right. Yeah. So, um, I, did you have? I mean, are you? Um, let me. How shall I put this? Since you've been home, have you noticed changes or differences? I want to say, like, right after, like, we left, I noticed, you know, a lot of changes and dif- difference, like. If I come into the room, I notice that the energy changes, and um, people talk to me very different. Um, they're like more open about things, and um, and how I use my words now um, have a lot more, you know, more meaning to it than before. Uh, um, I feel like I'm actually being understood better now. Does that make sense? Well, sure. Um, you know, when you have, when you when you try to express yourself, and and I mean, and you have, you speak two languages, which is um, a lot more than most of us can say. Um, but you know, you express yourself. You speak four languages. Oh my gosh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Well, to be able to express yourself effectively in anything other than your mother tongue, um, I, I'm always really impressed with that because. Um, you you really get your point across, and I think that now when your mind is clearer, you have more more focus on an understanding that comes through as you choose your words maybe um, differently. But you really have yes. a huge. I mean, your energy is just huge. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you know, I mean, you're a big guy. You're a big guy. But you're, I mean, you, you, I guess you needed to be a big guy to hold all that 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 energy that you have. But um, it was it was just a pleasure to, to meet you and and to share this experience with you. Did uh, you have? Say, uh, Go ahead. I uh, I've met a few friends, uh, um, you know, on my way back home, and uh, I gave them um, some of the crystals that that uh, we got to mine, uh, uh, and. Uh, they they have all told me like you know either the next day or the day after that that the moment they they were talking to me and after I left that they felt a big change of energy and that um, and that they they seem a little bit more clear about things that in life. So wow. that, that has really that has really been more more eye opening for me. Right. I mean, and your I mean, your life mission is to heal whether it's yeah. healing people, you know, physically or spiritually, um, mentally, emotionally, you're all about healing. And Correct. when you yeah. hold that when you hold that crystal, when you took it out of the ground, that was the that was the first energy that that crystal was exposed to. And then you hand it to someone else, of course they're gonna feel healed and better and uplifted in some way. So think oh, about that. that. 
Oh yeah, that that definitely has my mind going like really fast right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, I, I'm just I'm I'm getting I'm sorry I'm just I'm getting a message from um, uh, our switchboard, and I don't know um, don't know what number. So uh, Trin, it's your dad that wants to come on and 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 talk. So oh, and I think I think that's Leela because I see him four one five. Okay. Um, Was there anything else that you wanted to express, Jean-Luc? I I do have to say for all the star seeds out there listening uh, um, and still haven't gotten a chance to experience uh, our quest, um, the next opening day, uh, uh, you should definitely try to to make it out there. It it really is a a big uh, life-changing experience. Um, Not just in your energy, but even the people around you. Well, sure. I mean, if you change, the people around you are going to change, and if you change for the better, they'll change for the better too. So that's that's, that's just right. kind of the way the energy works. So I'm giving you a big hug, Jean-Luc, and thank you so much for for, for showing up. And I know that we're going to see you again <laughs> at another quest. Definitely, I, I, I miss you guys a lot already. Ah. Well, we'll see you before you know it. So you take care, sweetie. Okay, thanks. thanks for calling. Okay? Thank you for having me on the show. Everybody have a good evening. Okay. Bye-bye. Okay. So, well, let me um, let me see if this is, yeah. Um, okay. So we're going to get your mic open, Leela. Hey, sweetie. Hi, Ariel. Hi. I'm so happy Gosh. to be on the show with you tonight. Well, well I, I, w- I was wondering what happened because um, I, I, w- I expected you to call from 415 number, and I couldn't find you, so uh, we just kind of kept on going anyway. So thanks so much for, yeah. for making it, and um, you have you were at the very first quest in um, October of 2012. And then you were at the very very last quest, which was 26 quests later. So you really got the the unique perspective of how things have escalated. So you want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. Um, in 2012, it was my second time I had ever returned to Arkansas, um, well, I guess that would be, yeah. There, there, no, that was my third time. First time I was 17 with my dad and his sister, and then uh, for a family reunion. And then I came back in uh, 2008. Uh, that was a very interesting Mercury retrograde a time with a group of people that I had a lot of karma with. And then I really wanted to meet Lavender and you, and came to, when I heard of the first Starseed Quest, I knew my name was on it. I had to be there with people that I I knew I was going to have a deep kindred soul connection with, and I did. So that was October 2012. And then I've been to a total of four. Um, I came to... Um, the Athena's birthday last year, and I've been to Pleiadian lineup in 2016 in November. 
and then on the 26th Starseed Quest, I felt my name was on a very powerful time for me for a Pleiadian lineup in May. And my observation is that beginning is really accelerating for people. Uh, but, but also, I think sometimes that the frequency is so great, powerful, uh, in these awakenings and initiations that sometimes uh, some of the questers are, uh, might be having some difficulty integrating the, uh, the energy. And it's not just them. I did too. I had a lot of weird things happen to me on the way home from Arkansas this time, Ariel, just to integrate. We were so high. We spun it so high with so much love and harmony. Uh, it was such an amazing place and time to be with everyone that coming back into third dimension was really difficult for me. I had a lot of things yeah. that I had to integrate. Yeah, and there are, I mean, there are a lot of, of, of um, ups and downs because, you know, the, the the shoes that you were wearing before the quest, now they're giving you blisters, you know, because your, your feet got bigger. It's that kind of thing. So, um, you yeah. know, situations situations and and things um it it takes some adjusting you can't just walk out of a quest and um and and not experience anything and there can be um as we and we tell people this before they leave that there can be a little bit of a roller coaster as things um have to integrate and situations have to change and certain things in your life that that no longer serve you you know they got to be cleaned out to make room for the new stuff so yeah it can be a little um a, a little bit of a challenge um sometimes to uh, to come back after the quest but when things finally plane off and level out you're at a much higher level and so would you would I you totally agree with that agree. Yeah. yeah i definitely yeah. definitely yeah well um, it was it was just really great that that we've had you know people especially at this last quest to have someone from the first quest because it kind of brings things uh, full circle even though the quest is totally different um, in a lot of ways but the uh, the, the people that show up still have the galactic markings so that's kind of a, a, a common denominator through all of them. So um, this has just been wonderful. It's kind of like a, a a reunion reunion, hearing everybody's voice. And we are so grateful that we have this Starseed family. And we love seeing our alumni. And we love meeting the new people who then become alumni. And they come back again. So it's just um, we're a very... Uh, very much of a blessing. Well, that is it for us tonight, boys and girls, and we will be back in two weeks with uh, another great show. So join us, and if you do want to um, check and see if you are eligible to come to the quest, just send an email to crystals at Starseed Hotline, and we'll get you squared away. So until next time, hold compassion in your heart and give your gratitude every day.
Good night, everyone. You've been listening to Starseed Radio Academy. Visit our website at www.starseedhotline.com. Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.